What's up, everybody? Happy Memorial Day. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast takes no breaks, my friends. It's the holidays, and we're still doing a podcast. No, we're not even doing – look, I want to call you by out here. Azer, Adam Azer, runs a Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. He's doing a mailbag he recorded on Friday. Please. We're not doing that. We're not trotting out some mailbag, some evergreen uh, podcast that you can listen. No, I'm just kidding. We are doing that. We have uh, the, the second half of Sean Wagner's top 25, under 25, coming up here in just a minute. Not a ton of news this weekend. Also have uh, Dave Richard coming up tomorrow. Already got that in the can for you, too. So the podcast will be ready, fresh, hot, awesome, et cetera, et cetera. A uh, couple of pieces of news very quickly. Donovan McNabb said that he thinks he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's not right. You're not, Donovan. Donovan McNabb is not a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's weird that he thinks that. Why would you think you're a Hall of Fame quarterback? You're not. I don't think I need to go to the, the minutia of this, right? He's He's just very clearly not a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, he's the Hall of Very Good, and he's... I mean, one of the greatest Eagles players ever and the defining player that Eagles run. But he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Come on. Got to win a Super Bowl, buddy. A Hall of one, one guy who is definitely a Hall of Fame quarterback, Bart Starr. Maybe the greatest Packers quarterback of all time. I don't think he would get that nod because Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers are too recent in our collective memory, but he passed away at the age of 85, an incredible life, won multiple Super Bowls with the Packers, the only quarterback to do so. Again, Favre, one Super Bowl. Rodgers, one Super Bowl. Star, multiple Super Bowls. We are saddened to note the passing of our husband, father, grandfather, and friend, Bart Starr. The family said in a statement, he battled with courage and determination to transcend the serious stroke he suffered in September 2014, but his most recent illness was too much to overcome. While he may always be best known for success as the Packers quarterback for 16 years, his true legacy will always be the respectful manner in which he treated every person he met, his humble demeanor, and his generous spirit. He was drafted in the 17th round of the 1956 NFL draft, was the MVP of the first two Super Bowls ever with the Chiefs, uh, the, the Packers beating the Chiefs and then the Raiders in those two games. Packers won 35-10 in the first one, Super Bowl one, star was the MVP. Uh, NFL legend. You see the stuff that the people in Green Bay talk, say about him and, you know, I mean, it, there's no touching it, man. The, the guy was a good person on the field and off the field. He, you know, RIP. Incredible career for Bart Starr. Incredible legacy as well. Also of note, John Breach wrote about this on Sunday, but um, Lamar Jackson didn't know the Ravens were installing a new offense. That is concerning. He showed up and didn't know the offense would be different from last year. I like Lamar Jackson. I'm in on Lamar Jackson. I think he'll be a good quarterback at some point in time. I don't think this is going to be his year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's the superstar this year. I, I don't think that the Ravens' offense will be a high-flying, high-octane, gas, <laughs> pedal-to-the-metal offense in 2019. That's just me. Maybe, again, maybe I'm wrong. It's possible. Um but I, I I would be concerned if my quarterback showed up and said, 
I didn't know that we were installing a new offense. That's a big, big red flag. And uh, Jason Pierre-Paul also showed uh, pictures of himself on social media. First one since fracturing his neck in a car crash. I think, again, I think it would be crazy if he played in 2019. You, I get that he came back pretty quick from that, you know, the whole blew off his finger fireworks situation. Playing after fracturing your neck in a car accident, that that is difficult to do, man. I don't think that will happen, but yeah, who knows. Um, in the meantime, let's get to it. Let's talk to uh, part two. Sean Wagner, McGuff's top 25 under 25. John Breach, myself as well. Hope you guys had a great holiday. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review. Talk to you tomorrow. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, as promised, we are back for the second installment of Sean Wagner's 25 Under 25. This is uh, was recorded before the weekend, so if, uh, I don't know, Zeke the Elliott. The going to be rushed. The intro will be rushed. It'll be fixed. Yeah, I mean, like, I just did an intro on Sunday. I'm sure I was sober. I'm sure it was great. People will love it. Uh, but uh, let's dive into the running backs. So we let, when we last left off, we promised we'd get through the t- 25 through to 11. We got to 21 with Leighton Vanderesh. Tw- Miles Jack, Roquan Smith, Juju Smith Schuster, Tredavious White, Leighton Vanderesh. Those were the top, the first four, five names on the list. Uh, I, it's a bad job on me. I was looking at, I was trying to do it numerically. I should have done it by groups. Christian McCaffrey, 20. Saquon Barkley, 19. Alvin Kamara, 18. And Zeke Elliott, 17. You group four running backs together. Spoiler for the, for the end part of this podcast. We mentioned snubs. We mentioned it now. There's only four running backs on the list. There's one guy who didn't make it. I agree with your call. I, I don't You're, know. You talked me into it for the yeah, record. It's a good call. So he left, uh, your boy breach Todd Gurley off this list. 25 under 25. What do you think? Sean, I can't believe you left Gurley off the list. No, I'm just kidding. You had to. You should man. back like, me. You were doing the report. I, I heard. I, I listened to you give your criteria for about an hour and a half, and I know I definitely heard somewhere in there that it's about what they can do in the future. And 
who knows what Gurley's going to do. He might not hit a 1,000 more yards for the rest of his career with the way he's been banged up. There's a Will Brinson hot take in the bucket. That's what, uh, I, that's what I said. That's what I told him. I was like, man. This so let's, I mean, let's break down Gurley. It's hard to leave Gurley off the list because, look, he's had nearly 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns over the last two seasons from scrimmage. But let's look at what he did last season, which was in games 1 through 12. He um, averaged 98 rushing yards per game. Over his final games, final five games of the season, which includes three of those were postseason games, 47 rushing yards per game. He also missed two games at the end of the regular season. There's a report that he's battling arthritis. Breach has reported about the treatment that he might have to have to seek. It seems like, look, a knee injury for any player in the NFL is bad. If you have a lingering, you know, injury, a knee injury that is going to keep bothering you throughout your career and you play running back, these guys already have short shelf lives as it is. I just, it seems to me like the Rams are certainly behaving as if they don't even know what they're going to get out of him. So that's why he's off the list. I hope he proves us wrong or proves me wrong. I hope he goes out there and he dominates because football is better with him in it. But you were telling me a running back had a terrible end of the year because he had arthritis in his knee. Doesn't look good for the future. What I, what I told you when we, when I talked you to, when I talked you into taking him off the list was that if you have him on this list and he plays four games next year, you look like a moron. And you'd rather be ahead of the curve than behind the curve. And I don't think anybody would blame you for taking him off. It is nuts that Todd Gurley, with all these injuries, he tore his ACL in college, of course, um, straight out of Tarboro, respect Tarboro, North Carolina, uh, is only 24. He'll turn 25 before the start of the season, but still so young. My actual beef wouldn't even be with Todd Gurley, Sean, and maybe, John, you agree, uh, my beef would be that the fact that you got Zeke and Alvin Kamara ahead of Saquon Barkley. I think because, I think because Saquon. What they've, okay, but if yes, if we were just redrafting, absolutely. But part of this list is what you've done in the past, and Kamara and Zeke have both been productive for longer by uh, an entire full season. So that's, that's why they're that's ahead. Five or Zeke, one. two full seasons. So that's uh, yeah, why they're ahead of him. I only half agree with Brinson because I actually would have Kamara have, at the top of the running back list. Ooh. Uh, and Brenton obviously would put Barkley. So I think Sean did a good job because we all kind of disagree here. I and would have Christian this... McCaffrey number one. Homer. I mean, this is why I put all Classic four Brenton. in Homer a row. It up. This is why I put all four in a row because to me, they're all very similar type of talents. Yeah. If you look at their production as pass catchers as well. And just these four guys, I mean, I guess Alvin Kamara a little bit less, but this past year he had a bigger workload. But with Zeke, um, Barkley and Christian McCaffrey, these guys just have so many touches that they're just a workhorse that it see, it made sense to group them all. Sean, together. if you were starting a team tomorrow and you had to pick Kamara, Elliott, or Barkley, who would you pick? Probably Saquon or Kamara. I, I and, and why is Elliott at the top of your list? Because he's guys. been doing it longer because of his, he's been in the league for three years. Zeke, it's, you know, there's Zeke, three parts of it. Zeke is the last guy on this list I would want to give a contract to right now. Like if okay, you, I, that's not, that's your on your top twenty five players under twenty five who I would pay. No, I'm not knocking it. I'm saying just look at the numbers. Like he's led the league in carries twice. He's had over Yeah, since twenty sixteen he leads the league in yards from scrimmage, but that also means he leads the league in total touches. He he has so Christian McCaffrey has three hundred thirty six carries in his career. Alvin Kamara has three hundred and fourteen. Zeke has two seasons over three hundred carries already, and the only reason he doesn't have three is because he was suspended six games uh, in two thousand seventeen. I think Zeke is an otherworldly talent. I love Zeke. I have no problem with where you put him. I'm just saying, from a football perspective, I think that is a concern that 
if, if the Cowboys yeah. are going to pay this guy, I mean, like, I don't know. Let's see how long. It I lasts. mean, if you told me someone's going to be handcuffed at the Electronic Daisy Carnival in Vegas, I would have guessed Sean. Mm, I would have too. <laughs> I don't. Come was, on. Is that a band? You guys think I listen to that? Is that, that, a, is that a band? Music? Is that a band? No, Sean, it's you like electronic music. Oh. I do not listen to electronic music. I don't listen to hip hop. I don't listen to rap. I listen to like one genre. Emo. Brand new. Do you? I, I meant to ask you this the other day, Sean. Do you listen to The Cure? Yeah, I mean, not like a lot, but of course I know The Cure. Okay, I was watching their. Uh, I love The Cure, but I was watching their introduction to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Robert Smith, man, maybe stop wearing makeup because you look like my aunt. After but a that bit, was after what a, he. I know, but it doesn't. Thing, though. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Is. It doesn't work when you're 65. You look like my aunt after a bender. So stop doing it. Well, you know, he's, he's still selling tickets, so. He looks great. He sounds great. Fascination Street. Great song. Um, next. <laughs> what am I doing here? Next up on the list. Should we rank our top 10 cure songs? Yeah, absolutely. I keep thinking, oh, we only Push. have to get. That's oh, good. I, I like Fascination Street. Um, uh, <laughs> we should. <laughs> I keep thinking we only have to get to the top 10, then we'll take a break and we'll do another show, but we really do have to blitz through all these. So we can go. do top 10 on Tuesday for Tuesday show. We could just really milk this list. It feels like a little much. Three shows of Sean's list. It's just, well, it's just more of a reflection of how we are incapable of staying on topic. Well, and- actually, I'm recording with Dave Richard for the NFC North, uh, AFC, NFC North over unders on, uh, on. Then you could get his thoughts on the list. Yeah, I'll get his thoughts on the list. Hey, Dave, your thoughts on this top 25 list you just saw. Uh, moving on, TJ Watt. Juju Smith-Schuster tweeted out. We got two two defensive players, TJ Watt and Darius Leonard, who we mentioned. Are you surprised? Were you, did you feel weird having TJ Watt ahead of Van Der Esch and, and Roquan? Yeah, part of that was – I mean, I was talking to you guys. Look, I had a self – I had a deadline that was ahead of my actual filing deadline for this podcast, mm. and – I mean, part of it is if I had another day, I would fiddle with this endlessly. So it's nice that I just had a deadline and I had to get it in. TJ Watt is boosted because he plays arguably the second most position, I'd say, most important position outside of quarterback. That's edge rusher. Um, he improved exponentially after his rookie season into his second year. And if he can take a similar type of leap in year three, like, would it be that surprising if in year three he is in contention for the sack round? I don't think it would be that surprising so a lot of it is potential. Um, and let's not forget, he had 13 sacks this past season, so he was really good, and he plays a really important position. Um, moving along, Quentin Nelson, 14. Crazy that there's a guard there. Not crazy at all that Quentin Nelson is the guy who's there. I don't know that you could have him. <laughs> I don't know. When you how, do you, the- how do you think about him ahead of Darius Leonard? I had a hard time grouping them. Oh, I kind of wanted to do like tie 15, tie 14. Yeah, I mean, I would, I don't know. Quentin Nelson completely changed that run game, yeah. and it's so I, nasty. And he's going to be an All Pro for like the next twelve years. If you go look at the list, I, you know, I was writing about how like sometimes it can be hard to evaluate offensive linemen. I'm certainly not an expert about offensive lineman technique. It is not difficult to watch Colts <laughs> film and to yeah. figure out who Quentin Nelson is and how important he is. He's and I have just, a clip of him just mauling someone on the Jaguars. He's so he's really, incredible to watch. Yeah, he's bodying guys. I, I was going to suggest he might not be high enough. Uh, yeah, I guess it's the whole argument of how important guards are. Like, they're certainly important, and I have him ahead of the running backs because I would rather have a good guard than a good running back because the guard is, you know, paving the way for the running backs. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, once you get into the top ten, I think it's hard to – you can move – you can justify moving people. 
up up and down the list. It's like I said, if I had another few days, I'd probably this list would probably look a lot different in terms of the order. Um, would you? I, I mean, do you think it's a fair suggestion to, or like, is it a fair inquiry to say, okay, like, would you trade like? Instead of a draft, it's like, would you trade so-and-so for so-and-so? Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, would I trade Quentin Nelson for Jamal Adams, who's 13 Yeah, exactly. I mean, because I, I don't know. That's, I mean, that might rather have Quentin Nelson. Depends on the team. I think it depends on the team context and the team needs. Yeah. But, I mean, like, do you think that's a fair way to evaluate the list? Like, would you trade? No, because it's too – I think it weighs positional value a little bit too much. And, like, again, if positional value was the only thing on this list, I don't think I would have included any of the running backs just because of how, what I believe about running back value. If we called Sean McVay right now, do you think you would trade Quentin Wells – Quentin Nelson for Jared Goff? Maybe. No. Trapped, no, no, no. I think if it was but like, not the, this at this point in the year when they don't have a good option, they're the not t- going to start playing Bortles or. Well, but like the but the Colts wouldn't trade Quentin. Nelson. You know what I mean? Like they would. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but like, no, here's, That's horrible, yeah. but here's here's the question: Would the Jaguars trade Jalen Ramsey for Jared Goff? I mean, this version of the Jaguars, I feel like. In the universe, they didn't sign Nick Foles already. No, 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 no. They have Nick Foles. That no. universe doesn't exist. They're going to pay Jared Goff in a in a year. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to. I'm, I'm, but I mean, like, they can cut. That was a better example. Well, I think these are both bad examples. But there's, there's not really a good example. I mean, would the Saints trade Marshawn Latimer for Jared Goff? No. I think they would to get Jared Goff to get that quarterback. I would 100% not. Would the Broncos trade Bradley Chubb for Jared Goff? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love that I keep saying We could do a whole podcast just simulating time. trades of Sean's like, top 25 list. I like that. I'm, I'm the one saying no, and I'm the one that also ranked Jared Goff number 11 on this list. That's right. Jared Goff is 11. In between him are Jamal Adams and Derwin James. Uh, that, so, Quentin Nelson, 14. Jamal Adams, 13. Derwin James, 12. Look, Derwin James... You could make Derwin James top five on here, and I wouldn't flinch. He's that incredible a player. Jamal Adams has been outstanding, also just 23. Uh, Goff is tricky at 11. He's your lowest-rated quarterback on here. Positional value matters. He's 24. You didn't. You don't worry about, worry about the contract, but you do worry about how he played at the end of last year, right? Yeah, of course. And I and I mentioned this is why he's the lowest on the group of quarterbacks. And it, it's funny because last year he was the only quarterback on this list. This year he's on the list and he actually improved his total positioning because I factored in positional value. Um, but he is the last ranked quarterback behind guys who weren't even on the list. And a lot of that is what he did at the end of the year. So there's a three game stretch in December, um, where he, let's see, yards per attempt in those three games is 5.6, passer rating is 54.8. Then he goes in the playoffs and he completes 55% of his passes, averages 6.7 yards per attempt, one touchdown, two picks and a 71.7 passer rating. You should have, you know, sirens blaring in your head right now. That seems like red flags going against better defenses that can generate pressure. Question is, how much of a product is is he of Sean McVay's system? That all said, he's a 24-year-old quarterback who threw for nearly 4,700 yards and 32 touchdowns. It feels difficult to rank him below a lot of these players just because, I mean, you were you were saying, you know, that the Jags would trade Jalen Ramsey for him or the Saints would trade Marshawn Lattimore for him. He's a quarterback who's been incredibly productive the last few years. That said, would it shock me if after next year he's like around 24, 25, he's on the bubble? No, it would not entirely shock me. Let's see what happens with Andrew Whitworth a year older. The Rams parted ways with Roger Saffold. So their offensive line could crumble a bit, and then 
it wouldn't shock me, but he'll be, I can't leave a 24-year-old quarterback he threw for that many yards and that many touchdowns. I, I bet I bet he won't make this list when he's 25 next year. That's a fair point. <laughs> um, I can't wait till Andy Dalton retires because Jared Goff's going to be the new Andy Dalton. Nah. Where should we keep talking about? Should the For the next 10 years, oh my God, they should to the Bengals. And it's going to be, hey, is this guy a franchise quarterback or is he not a franchise quarterback? That's what we're going to be debating with Goff in five years. Actually, next year. Tenth, we're debating it now. Andy Dalton... Who's a young player that the Rams would like on the on the Bengals? How, how about this? Andy Dalton Joe, and Joe Mixon. No, William. Uh, William Jackson. Yeah, William Jackson and Andy Dalton for Jared Goff. Would the Rams no. take that? I don't think the Bengals would. The Bengals would take that. I think the no Bengals would take that every single time. The Bengals would take that. You have the, the Rams connection. You have you have the guy who used to coach Jared yeah, Goff. I, I yeah, think, they would take that. Ooh, I like that trade. And I, I think uh, Dalton could actually do pretty well with McVay, and then I think then they could draft the John, quarterback. John, you should want this to happen for Andy Dalton to actually but then prove like, that he's good. Yeah, or like – and wait, Sean McVay worked with the guy who worked with Andy Dalton too. I he worked like, in John. Let's get some uh, truth serum out for Zach Taylor, the new Bengals coach, and just be like, "All right, man, be honest. Who's the better quarterback in your eyes, Andy Dalton or Jared Goff?" How about we get I some? Think I like some truth serum. Better, but I think it's and with the age, of course, that matters too. But I think it's not the current talent deficit. is probably not as much as their stats indicate. I think we need truth serum for John Breach. So right, fine, fine. Got, it's Jared Goff. It's Jared Goff. Um, all right, number 10, Bradley Chubb, my boy. 12 sacks last year as a rookie, the astronaut, the Broncos edge player. Um, I think it's easy. He's 22. He's got a really high floor, and he's got a really high ceiling, as he showed last year. Yeah, 12 sacks as a rookie. It, I think in, in a lot of other years, he could have been the top overall pick. If, for instance, the order was switched and, you know, you, he was coming in. You chatted me and you're like, how did the Broncos get Bradley Chubb at five? five. It's kind of insane. Six, he probably six. was the best player. At six, right? Because the Browns had no. five. The Browns took Denzel no, Ward. No, that's four. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah, the Browns had two. yeah, that's right. That's right. So I just think they got a top overall pick at number five. 12 sacks as a rookie. 58 pressures as well, which is 19th among all edge rushers, according to Pro Football Focus. Going to be good to see him in Vic, with Vic Fangio. Yep, it sure will be. Fawn Miller will be fun too. Marshawn Lattimore and Jalen Ramsey, nine and eight respectively. Uh, did you want to put Lattimore over Ramsey just for the page views? <laughs> no, I was afraid of Ramsey tweeting at me if I did it. No, I mean, I again, this is another situation where if I could put them as tie, I think I would have. I think it's a little bit unclear. I think Lattimore was better. In 20 or Lattimore, both of them didn't play as well this past season yeah. as they did in the previous season. So it's a little bit hard to fully judge. I think this year we'll have a better indication of who's better. It's weird because I, I was having this Twitter discussion with somebody breach and it was like, there's no top cornerback right now. There's always been like at least a guy or like two guys we fought about, whether it was like Sherman and Revis or, but now, you know, Pat P suspended now. There's just nobody who's a top cornerback. Jalen Ramsey was supposed to be that guy, and he didn't take the step forward last year. He actually took a step back with the Jaguars. Yeah, and it's, it is kind of crazy how that has gone because you look around, every team wants to add uh, that shutdown corner, and it's almost like that position doesn't exist anymore. I mean, if you had to rank shutdown corners right now, and obviously you can't pick Patrick Peterson because he's not going to be on the field for the first six games, who would you take? I mean, yeah, yeah. not even under 25. I'm just talking in general at all. 
who would you take as the top shutdown corner of the NFL? I would probably go with Ramsey, but maybe Lattimore. I don't know. I mean, is there anybody older that I'm missing for sure? I mean, Tredavious White could be in the mix too. Pete Briscoe said on this podcast he thinks Jair Alexander could be in the discussion at least. Based off last year? He thinks he can be that good. Yeah, I mean, let's no, see he's it saying though. like no, he's saying like after this year. Yeah, like, yeah, but let's see it first. But no, you're you're saying no? Is that what? Oh, yeah, Jair. No, I'm, I'm just saying based off what he did last year. Now, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but mm-hmm. we got to see it before we. That's why I don't fully buy into everything the Packers did on defense because a lot of it is just dependent on these young guys you worried, playing up to their potential. Are you worried you don't have Jair Alexander on the list? No, you're not. I didn't. I didn't even put him as a just missed the cut. Ouch! Wow, he didn't even make my initial like fifty list, fifty two. Oh, list actually, list. you know who would make my list is the top. Chris corner? Harris. No, he's good though. Stephon Gilmore. Uh yeah. Uh, what's his Twitter handle? At Brittany. Uh, at Brittany Talkdown. Brittany Talkdown. Yeah. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, yes, Jalen Ramsey, Jasmine King, good corner too. He's young. Yeah, sure. Um, also right, on let's... your list, I guess. Uh, Josh Norman. Just kidding. J.K. I tried to find my list. Two d- two defensive linemen and then two quarterbacks. Your boy Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller's in the mix. Chris Jones and Den- Daniel Hunter at seven and six, followed by Baker Mayfield. And let's just you know, look, you have Daniel Hunter at six, Chris Jones at seven, very good players. Joey Bosa at two, Miles Garrett at three. Sandwiched in between those four defensive linemen, Deshaun Watson at four, ahead of Baker Mayfield. Have you lost your mind, son? Baker Mayfield is the truth. He is the end all, the be all, the alpha, the omega. He's Baker effing Mayfield. Is this just radio, Brinson, or do you actually – would you have ranked Baker at four and Deshaun at five? I would have bank, ranked Baker at two. Yeah, I, I almost thought – Deshaun at 11 with Jared Goff. What? Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> I, if, if I were doing if – if I were selecting players under 25, and I get – I get your criteria. Baker is, would not be two under your criteria, but I would make Baker two. I almost, when I first made the first draft was Baker at two. Um, if it was just, if it, again, if it was a redraft and I wrote this in my section, if it was a redraft, he would be the second pick behind Mahomes. Yes. No question. As of right now, Deshaun Watson, what he has proven on the field is a better quarterback and he did it in far worse circumstances behind the league's worst offensive line. Um, he ranked. I he's also he's also been with, doing it for a longer time in college. Like Deshaun Watson right, right. has a. I know that doesn't count, but he has a pedigree, and he's been doing it for a long time. He's very good. Right, and look, he he had better overall stats than Baker. Um, he ranked better in most advanced statistics, most Football Outsider measures, in DVOA and DUI AR. What are you looking at me? I was looking at Breach who's standing up. Uh, and like, yeah, uh, Breach is really mad about Deshaun Watson being ranked this high. Um, and also, I, I, I think it's really important to note he did this all behind an offensive line that allowed him to get sacked 62 times. A coach who seems like he wants to get Deshaun Watson killed at times. I did write in my post that I wouldn't surprise me if I, I'd probably expect it a year from now, Baker's going to be ahead of Deshaun in large part because of who they're playing with and who they're coached by. Baker is just in a, an environment that will allow him to succeed where it seems like Deshaun is going to have to overcome his environment. But I thought one of the criteria was what they're going to do in the future, Sean. Did you yeah. change that criteria on us right That's now? That's actually why I had Baker at five. Originally, I had him around Goff around 10. I think I had him right above Bradley Chubb and behind Lattimore, Ramsey, Daniel Hunter, and 
Chris Jones, but I think his projection is just, you know, what's the Michael Jordan quote about the, the roof and the ceiling or whatever it is? The ceiling is the roof. Something like that, yeah. The roof, it, the roof, the roof is on fire. And then he said, the ceiling is the roof. But ironically, it kind of made sense because uh, the ceiling for the Carolina basketball team was hanging a banner in the roof, which they eventually did. And so Michael Jordan accidentally stumbled onto one of the greatest references of all time while looking like a complete moron. And by the rec- for the record, I had uh, Deshaun Watson off the list last year, and that was another source of people getting angry. But a lot of that was because sample size matters, and only um, he only played in seven games as a rookie. And I was admittedly a little bit of a skeptic. I thought he got a little bit lucky on some of his deep balls. Um, you know, it seemed like he was kind of just chucking it up there, and I was completely wrong because he not only got was playing behind a worse offensive line this past season, um, he improved pretty much every single statistic. So I think, I mean, I don't want to bring this back to the Bears, but man, is it, how upsetting for a Bears fan is it that two of the top five players are quarterbacks that the Bears could have drafted instead of trading up one spot for a quarterback who wasn't even in consideration on this list? Not even in consideration? He wasn't even on the just missed? No. Come on. I I think he has a chance to get there, but there's no way that I think you could consider putting Trubisky on this list. Wow. Jeez. Jesus, I would have given him consideration. There's a lot of good players on the just missed the cut. So we talked about Gurley um, real quick because we're going to get off here with him. But Deion Jones. Are we, Sean? Are Wait, we? did we finish our list? Did we get to number one? He met, uh, Patrick uh, Mahomes is one. Did we get to two? Uh, Miles, Miles Garrett is three and Jer- uh, Joey Bosa is two. Okay, there we go. I mean, two Joey Bosa last year was, was, two last, was two last year too, so – um, I almost moved him down because of the injuries. I think it's concerning. The problem is that when he is healthy, he's just too good. Um, he ranks first in win rate and pressure rate, according to Pro Football Focus, since he entered the league. Um, even though he was hurt last year when he did come back, I think he averaged somewhere close to a sack per game. In his career, he averages 0.81 sacks per game. Von Miller is at 0, um, 0.82. So he's pretty much Von Miller out there. So injuries are a concern. He's only 23, so he'll be on this list next year. I think if he has another injury-shortened year, then I think for sure he has to get bumped down. And it wouldn't surprise me if Miles Garrett eventually goes above him. Miles Garrett, by the way, fun fact. I don't know if you guys read that story. I think it was in Bleacher Report. Greg Williams only let him use two moves. He told he told Miles Garrett, you're only allowed to use two passing rushing moves. And so Miles Garrett is really excited that Steve Wilkes is letting him use as many moves as he wants. So... Seems like a poor coaching, and B Miles Garrett could explode um, this upcoming season. Two passing, well, maybe he learned. But I, I don't know. He had thirteen and a half sacks, so it's like Greg Williams did something terrible. No, but what if it just seems like if a, if a guy that talented is capable of having more than two moves? I understand it if it's not Miles Garrett, but are you really going to tell Miles Garrett not to practice and not to hone a third move? Because most pass rushers, good pass rushers, it seem like do have two moves. They have the move that you know can set up the other move. You know, if you're going. And so it seems like the limit Miles Garrett to only two seems like maybe you do that for your other guys, not a guy like Miles Garrett. Maybe he wanted to hone his moves. Who knows? Um, all so, right. Who else were the snubs here? Deion Jones, and that was because he missed, I think, 10 games with an injury. He was on the list last year. I wrote, I noted in the Miles Jack section that I think Miles Jack snuck onto the list because of Deion Jones's injury. I think Deion Jones, when healthy, is a better linebacker. Uh, you helped talk me out of Amari Cooper. He had a, a lot of it was just recency bias. He had a really good end of the season. The Cowboys went on that huge run, but I think if you look at his overall stats the last two years, 
It looks like a very a good receiver, but not a great receiver. Um, Yannick Ngagwe kind of – he was good, don't get me wrong. I think he had like nine sacks, something like that. But we were talking about him as the defensive player of the year type of candidate. And then a lot of running backs, James Conner, Joe Mixon, um, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt, who was off the list because of availability. He is suspended. He did not play for a significant portion of last year. Availability matters. Hmm. Any thoughts on those snubs, John Breach? Uh, I don't have a problem with any of them because Amari, we talked about, uh, Amari Cooper, we talked about Gurley. Yeah, Gurley, Amari, Amari Cooper's definitely interesting, but he only had one wide receiver on the list. So if I was going to pick out a Juju Smith-Schuster and Amari Cooper, I would definitely go with Smith-Schuster. Uh, I think the crazy thing is when you look at all the running backs under 25, all the top talent is in the NFC. You know, obviously James Conner's good. Joe Mixon's good, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, all those guys. But it, it is like you literally make a list of the top running backs in the NFL, and it's all in the NFC, which I just think is kind of crazy. Um, but other than that, I mean, you probably – maybe Desmond King, you could have snuck in there. He's on – he's on just missed the cut. Mm. I just didn't name him just now. But, yes, he's Des- on just missed the cut. Desmond King buzz on this on this show. Who else? Who else has been buzzing about him? You mentioned him previously. Oh yeah, or somebody did. John did. Yeah, somebody. No, I yeah, I mentioned him. A lot of Chargers buzz in the show. All right, <laughs> it's also um, it's, it's 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 easier to leave off Chargers fans because like the ten who are Chargers fans don't have Twitter, so they're not going to yell at me. Well, and that's what I was going to say. I have that Twitter. Sean can buzz. He can snub Todd Gurley because here's the thing: is when he snubs, if he drops Tre'Davious White off this list, then the Bills fans bring out the pitchforks. And the torches, and they come after him on Twitter. I you leave, like that, you leave a Rams or Chargers player off the list, and it's like you get a half of one tweet that says that's apologizing for something. Yeah, I, uh, they're not as lethal as Bills fans. Bills Mafia okay comes at you. Raiders fans and Bills fans not liking me because it's been like three years of them not liking me. I just don't want to add another team to the list. Um. All right, that'll do it for us. Great Memorial Day. Hope everybody's having a fun holiday. We'll be back tomorrow to talk to Dave Richard about the NFC North. Uh, we may actually, Sean, do you want to keep talking for like 10 minutes or so? Do you have somewhere nah, to go? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm actually going to go. So I'm going to miss your, you have to go somewhere. What do you yeah, have to I gotta go? go? Date? No, I've got, no, just dinner with a friend. Seems like, oh, no, 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 no. Not a You guys are going to discuss. I'm going to actually listen to the end of Monday's show so I can hear what you said about Not me. Not a date. All right. Uh, we'll get out of here. It's a holiday. We're all getting, oh, he really left. He left, John. He left to go for a date. Good for him. All right. Uh, Breach, hope you had a great You memorial. know what, Breach, though? Imagine Sean showing up for this date and explaining why he was late. And then that girl will listen to the podcast and then she'll hear everything we talked about about the podcast. And the whole thing will come full circle. Do you think Sean was actually going on a date, or do you think he was meeting like a another like a an actual friend for dinner? Because I feel like Sean's the type who would be doing dinner with a friend. A Thursday night, one on one meeting, dinner with a friend. Feels like a, like a date, date to me. Sounds like a date. All right, we'll maybe find... we're a little out of touch, but it feels like a date. Sometimes once you get married, you don't do dates anymore. All right, John, <laughs> let's uh, let's go enjoy our Memorial Day. Hope you uh, hope you get down a couple thousand beers. We're back uh, this week to talk some football. Thanks, buddy. Mm-hmm.